we we got it. We got, got it. some stuff out of the way. Under the dome with got some politics out of the way. Low. Who knows what spark will set off this powder keg? I can't take another minute in this dome. <laughs> Dome with Banfomania actually recording the greatest freestyle rap comedy podcast worldwide. Yeah, there's too many things to enable. Like, I don't understand why I have to record enable three different, four different options in order for us to start potting and for our shit to get recorded. It is but what it whatever. is. I feel like in that in that first run, we had some like you know some things that we had to get off our chest and we did and they went into the abyss and now we get to start over new beginnings yeah just know that david sucks <laughs> and that's the reason why we had to start over no no this is a projection guys <laughs> no 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 the only thing i'm projecting is a target on david's ass so i can put a boot up of it Ooh, boot in the ass yeah um speaking of boots in the ass uh, we watched red foreman uh, for young, young, the, the, the child foreman in Spider-Man three last night, which was, uh, yes. I mean, good Lord, the, the, the original Spider-Man trilogy it's fucking rules. I can't imagine what it would be like if those, those films were released today. Would people get it? Would it be so, would people be so, cause, cause they didn't. They weren't really that appreciated at the time they were no, released. They, I mean, the first one was. They, yeah, they they made a ton of money, but I don't think people were ready for Sam Raimi's insane film stylings. Well, what about this? Is it because nowadays it's much easier to have a, a director create a persona via social media and just like other platforms to where then the creation is uh, related to them more specifically. Whereas before, I feel like movies were just movies and directors were more behind the scenes, literally. Like, well, when you think... I, I, I think that the, those, those three Spider-Man movies are more like Sam Raimi films than they are superhero films. Yeah. And, and it has to, like he incorporates the horror aspects of it. Like he always, every one of his villains is always in some sort of internal struggle with yeah. like a demon. Like they always have a scene where it's like he's talking to someone who isn't him, but it's the same guy or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he has Bruce Campbell cameo in all of his films, which, you know, that's the evil dead guy. So they're, that alone is like his own little signature. He's got, yeah, the, the obligatory Stan Lee cameo, but then he's like, all right, but just so everyone knows that I'm Sam Raimi and these are my movies, I'm going to get Ash from evil dead to also be a weirdo in every one of these. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was so enthralled by the second one that, we decided to watch the third one immediately. Yeah, I'm binging full-length motion pictures. Yeah, Sam Raimi, the lexicon. Yeah, he's a fixture. Uh, he's a sick nerd when it comes to the lenses. Yeah, I don't pretend it's sick. It's a Spider-Man double feature. Yeah, he's fighting creatures. He got the Sandman, he's got the Venom. I meet ya. Yo, Topher Grace, look at his face. He's a disgrace. I wish that he would come on Spider-Man, put him in his place. Yo, my boy Sam Raimi acting crazy. When it comes to cool shots, he ain't acting lazy. Uh, yeah, he's like a sporadic addict when it comes to filming bad shit. Yo, sporadic addict. Yo, I'm glad he never filmed a Batman. Shit, that would be bad, man. Spider-Man, what? Was the sickest I like it he was the slickest spinning webs yo spider-man I love that man until he's dead yo uh, love him yeah I think that um it's it's hard it's a, 
I think the third one might be my favorite, but the second one might objectively be the best. Is it your favorite because of like the goofy, oh, like yeah. Toby Maguire character shit that goes on? It's it's insane that like he's acting like such a loser, yeah. and everyone around him is like, "You are acting like a fucking moron." And but the thing that really ma- turns him around is when he accidentally strikes Mary Jane. That oh, yeah. that's when he realizes I need to change something. But before, when he's just being an asshole to everyone, like a dorky asshole. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> he's doing he's he's doing like shooting guns. Well, no, he, it's it's because he thinks that's that's what cool people do. In yeah. his because you know like what you were saying, he is Richard. He yeah. is our our third our occasional third Mike Rich. It's unbelievable how the whole time I was just completely lost in the character actually being played by Richard. I'm like, oh, that that's what Richard would say. Yeah. Just completely Richard. One uh, of the things that is uh, that we, we, we talked about that maybe people don't realize, that first Spider-Man movie with, with Tobey Maguire, 75% of it is origin story. That's why it's so There's, fucking cool. It's, the last 20 minutes, he fights the Green Goblin, basically. that It's it's mostly just him coming to terms with now that he's Spider-Man, and he's got to, you know, uh, the guy kills his uncle or whatever. So that was, uh, it, it's usually superhero movies don't, don't do that. And you know how, like, nowadays, obviously the superhero movies are all like Marvel always does that thing where after the credits, there's a little hint at what's happening with the next mm-hmm. one. But they're not as interrelated as these three movies are. Like, you cannot understand the second and third movie completely without seeing the first. Right. It's it's so dependent on one another. They're a legit trilogy. Whereas these new ones are all just like, you know how, like, you can watch any Saw movie and sort of get it. Like, you don't have to necessarily. I don't know if that's the best example. Not really a superhero. Well, I guess I didn't mean superhero. I just mean, like. Movies that there's many of. Arguably, the first uh, like three saws reference the previous ones in various ways. Okay, and then right. when like the fifth one, they bring back the guy from the first one, and he's like a disciple of of the saw guy. Okay, so, I don't know. Bad example. Some... <laughs> I'm trying to think of a different movie where there's like many of them where they don't really matter. Um, but Pro- the... maybe like the Nightmare Before Christmas series. Not, sure. not no, no. I'm sorry. Nightmare on Elm Street, fucking! It's because it's Christmas time, you guys. Yeah, yeah, and we got Judy dressed up in the hat and everything. She's our female representation. I want to make sure that I bring attention to her so that in the videos it makes sense when I cut to her. Where'd you get this fit? What's oh, that? that old that Yukon Jack fit. That's like I guess my mom. Uh, it's one of my old mom's. My, my, one of my old mom's sweaters. No, one of my mom's <laughs> old sweaters. <laughs> Um, and I took it to college with me because it's like a thermal thing that has serves no purpose in Hawaii. The last beat was Spirals by Bitowski. Ooh, Spirals. Speaking of Spirals, Uzumaki, my motherfucking uh, Junji Ito. I don't know. That's for the that's for the real anime heads. I don't out know there. what you're talking about. Sorry, guys. Um, you- Should we talk about? Uh, 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 yo. I'm trying to talk about Vicked about Cause they just let him out Yo, talking about right out my mouth Yo, whoa, whoa. free Britney Griner Yo, they went over there to find her And they found her in a prison And yo, they like we gotta trade some uh. Somebody please Find something we can trade for Britney Uh, these Uh, chickpeas Please Somebody get Griner out 
of the motherfucking Russian spout. Yup, I need it out my mouth. I'm the merchant of death, and you know I'm the best. Yeah, I got the guns, and I put on my chest. Yeah, I got the funds, yeah, I fund them all. Yeah, I got the child soldiers bra. Yeah, whoa, whoa. going over to civil war states, and I'm gonna procreate and get the guns and pass them out. What you know about me, Victor Bout? Uh, yeah, I'm in a rush, bruh, to get Britney out of Russia. Somebody please must, uh, do this now. I think it's actually how. Victor Boot. Okay, so this dude is known as the Merchant of Death. The Merchant of Death. We, the Lord of War. Victor Boot. A lot of people are like, you know, I don't know if this is uh, worth that, it? that fair of a trade. Oh, no, it's not. That's the point. But now I've, I've done some research on this Victor fellow. Got it. And you know what? He's got some redeeming qualities. How do I spell his last name? Uh, B-O-U-T. It, uh, but it is boot. It's not bout. I do like uh, pronouncing it Victor Bout, though. Um, he looks scary. He looks all right, honestly. That he kind of looks like um, the fucking guy who played the Punisher. Uh, uh, what's his name? Thomas something. Thomas Jane. But anyway, Victor Bout, a Ukrainian dude who uh, you know became a major league arms dealer. Um, he, he has even worked with America. Like America, at one point hired him to yeah. give arms to uh, American soldiers in Iraq because we had no other way to get arms to our soldiers. Okay, so, so we hired this dude at one point. So he's not necessarily like a bad person. He's just an arms dealer. He operated on this philosophy that like these these criminals are gonna get guns somehow. I might as well so be the guy. I might as well be the guy doing it. And he was actually pretty f smart. He evaded authorities for a very fucking long time. Um, oh, sentenced to a minimum of 25 years imprisonment because and the crime was due he to the served operation. like 10 years of that. So that's still so one could argue he served 10 years. He really wasn't that like notoriously evil of a person. that no. he he definitely was by the transitive property responsible for a ton of death. That's why they called him the Merchant of Death. Right, but somebody else would have uh, facilitated yes. those weapons. Regardless, and now. All this, I'm just trying to to make it cool that he was traded for Britney. I still think he should be in prison for life, but if we're going to try and justify this weird, people are saying it's a lopsided trade and that, you know, maybe a WNBA player isn't worth a, the merchant of death. But the dude did some time. Yeah. He, you know, he has an interesting mindset about it. He thinks it's a gray area. Um, and, you know, maybe you don't think it's a gray area. I kind of think it's bad what he was doing. But oh, yeah. At the same time. It's obviously bad. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, it is just capitalism at its finest. I just, he, all he was doing was capitalism. Exactly. And sometimes like, like what is he what was he doing that's different than what people do with like medication and exactly. whatnot. So, you know, and he served 10 years. So maybe this isn't that bad of a trade. I'm I'm kind of coming to terms with it in a way where like, you know what? I'm I'm happy about this. So they, you know? they I'm not upset that he's gone. You know, he did his time, and he you know he's not the worst person on earth. Here's the thing: uh, Griner was also uh, smuggling mar marijuana. Yes, granted, not no intent to sale. <laughs> It'd be funny if she if she was like, because because this dude uh, this dude uh, Victor Bout he owned planes and stuff. He was a wealthy. He was major league. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, and, and we know Griner. Uh, I think we talked about this on an episode a few weeks ago, or whenever we discussed it. Makes about you know two fifty a year, pretty wealthy still. She lives in what? Oh no, she doesn't live in Houston. She lives in Phoenix, but she's making two hundred and fifty grand a year playing in the WNBA. Well off, and um, it's just I feel like it's because it was a 
a female athlete from a sport that wasn't as loved as others, it took this long. Like they would have traded three Russians. And I've said this. Here's the thing. I saw I've seen some I don't mean to interrupt you there, but I, I saw some uh, some video footage of, of Victor uh, boot and he seems like a totally fun guy. <laughs> like he's like the vodka loving like yeah. right, like he's kind of a oh, yeah. he's kind of dumb. Like he's obviously a new very intelligent businessman, but I think he had like kind of a childlike innocence about what he was doing. Yeah. Like he he really did just see it as someone's going to sell these guys guns anyway. It might as well be me. He He, he couldn't wrap his head around the fact that he was by like facilitating murder i do think that it's odd to say hey what he's doing is okay if you compare it to things that are done legally that are still ethically and morally mm. not the best like when you think about pfizer and fucking other advisors yo yeah we're talking about medication you gotta dig deep into the system it's a conspiracy you it gotta is. see i don't know i'm under the sea like the crab bee uh yeah I hate Bank of America, fucking Wells Fargo and Chase. All they do is make me chase interest every day in my credit, hey. Yeah, those are the real crooks, am I right, bro? Right. You gotta lock them up, trade them for Griner, yo. I don't know, we got bankers and, and uh, I don't, uh, the people who uh, are in charge of uh, anchors. Yeah, uh, you're talking about weapons? Yes. How about McDonald's, this fucking death, friend? Ooh. Every day in your veins. Uh, yeah, this rap is mundane. Rapping and weaponizing our fat men, and I don't know, I'm crapping <laughs> in the toilet. Uh, I mean, a lot of times I think about shit that is done legally that fucking is annoying. Where I and then immediately I I resolve to to understand that I have absolutely no say in it, and I just let it go. I'm like, isn't it fucked up? Uh, you know how in college. In college, you're appalled by the way the world works because you finally realize, and then literally five years later, you're like, all right, there's literally nothing I can do about it. I said literally too many times just now. Nah, it's okay. You're thinking too much. I uh, I agree, though. It's, it's like, it's almost a stereotype that when you go to college, you you start having these retarded opinions. Yeah, you're like... You're, like, you have opinions about stuff that you can't change. It's you like, know what I mean? It's like, it's like when Meadow Soprano goes to Columbia and she comes back yeah. being like... You're a mafioso, and, and, and we should all drive Prius. Right, right. There's like certain, like you, you sort of deny reality to try and virtue signal <laughs> your way into. Wow, I don't yeah, know. You're right. I was virtue signaling hard in college. I was mad. Oh, I, I definitely had some virtue ten tendencies signaling. I, I was mad at the white man, at the Israeli white man. Oh, like Kanye. Well, no. Listen to this. Uh, were, well, should we? Keep, do you have anything else on Griner and, and, um, and Bout? Okay, yeah, actually, I do. So I watched the the movie uh, loosely based on Victor Bout, uh, called Lord of War, where they have uh, Nicolas Cage playing the dude Victor Orloff, no Yuri Orloff, and I'm pretty sure, for the most part, it's like fabricated. Although uh, uh, the movie does focus heavily on him, like running guns to African uh, Civil War nations. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know they're like arming children and whatnot, which was was a real thing. Uh, but I don't even know what kind of point I'm trying to make. Arming it, children—that's brutal. It it it's it's a good ass movie, and the opening scene is this cool little like the life of a bullet sequence. So whenever they're doing the opening credits, oh. it's literally you see the bullets start from on, on an assembly line in the factory being built. It's all from the bullets' point of view. It's kind of like that video. 
100 by Joyner Lucas yeah, yeah. from the $100 bill yeah. point of view. And uh, and yeah, so the bullet the bullets assembled, and then it's like going through a factory. Then it goes, it's being shipped, and then you know eventually it ends up in some like rebel soldier's gun, and then in some child's brain. And that's like the opening sequence of the film. And then you see Nicolas Cage being like, one in twelve, one in seven people, uh, or no, there are over blankety blank guns in the world. That's enough to arm one in seven people. Now, the question I'm here to ask is, how are we going to arm the other six? And I'm like, whoa. And then, you know, fucking some Rolling Stones song starts playing. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, fuck yeah, dude. Let's arm some motherfuckers. Yo, I love that shit. I love it when a movie takes a, a bad person or a quote unquote bad person and makes them cool. Right. And they definitely made this dude cool. Like, you, you want to be him. And the whole time he's outsmarting people, like uh, Ethan Hawke plays the, the CIA guy who keeps trying to tra track him and he's always thwarting his yeah, efforts yeah. and whatnot, which apparently was a thing that Victor Bout was pretty proficient at. He was very easy at hiding his, uh, his dealings, which meant, you know, he obviously knew what he was doing was wrong. If yeah, he yeah. was like, all right, I got to hide all this shit. Well, no, um, I feel like a bunch of people know what they're doing is wrong and they still do it. Like, you know, if you're making money and not paying taxes on it, it's technically wrong, but Sorry. But if you're being, you know, like the fact that if you can get away with it and you think that it, it just because it's legal or just because it's supposed to be done a certain way, if you don't agree with it and you do it because you can get away with it, it doesn't make it wrong. Like the legality of something doesn't make it wrong. So I feel right. like if you can explain something to yourself morally and you see that there aren't severe consequences and you can get away with it, like I would take money untaxed as much as possible because of the fact that I think that the government is scamming us when it comes to how they're using taxes. Like the fact that you can't go to the hospital right now is insane uh, unless you pay a thing of insurance. I should be able to break my leg and go and not worry like I'm in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. I'm a socialist. I need holders and shit for my arms and my legs. I need opiates. Health insurance and dental and eyes i don't know why they don't have just one for those guys i think it should all just be one this is not fun i don't know why i can't go to the hospital son yo i'm at the hospital Woo. paying's impossible because i don't have a job bro and i cannot afford to get hurt yeah i gotta go to work so i can afford to fucking get hurt i got hurt the other day and i just had to pray that it went away I went home and I just laid in bed and I was like, just uh, ignore the pain and that's how it is. Yo, it's insane that's how I live and I don't want to go and get some big old hospital bill and shit. Like mm. my my job has two different taxation things that they do. They tax you on your salary and then they tax you on your commission. The tax on the commission is like 38%, which is almost half. That's absurd. If there was a way of... So a lot of times... The, the taxation is so severe that you could consider getting money off the books way more profitable. Like if you can make 1500 off the books, it's the same as making like 25 yeah. from a job. So it's actually not beneficial to have the job other than for insurance purposes, which is the, if the fucking government included, I just, I can't fix it. See, I'm, I'm like, in, I'm like in college. Uh, again. Yeah. Although, uh, since I have been working for the man for the last year, it'll be nice to get that little tax return. I got a feeling that's going to be 
pretty nice, pretty yeah? hefty. I got you a feeling. So? Yeah, I mean, shit. I feel like they. I feel like I'm losing like 250 bucks every week. Yeah, I know. It's uh, sometimes I see. I I look at the paychecks and it makes me fucking mad because of how much money just goes away. Yeah, dude. And 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 it's funny because like we're in a lower tax bracket. There are people. Imagine how the millionaires feel like that are being taxed. Like, some people get like. 60% and shit. Once you're up in like the like the billions and whatnot. No, I think it doesn't go over 50 anywhere. Yeah. I think 50 is like the max. You think so? But even then, if like if you go to Texas, there's no state income tax. That's why so many wealthy people go to Texas. It's for taxation purposes. That'd be sick. Though. There's no Too inc- bad Texas sucks. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh reasons to not go to Texas and I think primarily uh, it's the people, right? And the geography, and uh, like, I get there are some beaches, right, in Texas. No, but it's not. It's like it's not like here. It's totally different. And also, you just can't change a place. It doesn't matter how many fucking entertainers go over there and buy property and open, you know, cool hip venues. It's still Texas. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking there's there's been an apartment next to my girlfriend's in Inglewood that's been renting for fucking three months and nobody can rent it. It's still Inglewood. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter if they put six stadiums there and they open a bunch of fucking cool restaurants. It's still Inglewood. Right. And you can't. What's the saying? There's a saying you can't take the hood out the wood. You can't take the ingle out the Pringle. You bet you can't eat. <laughs> Once you pop the top, you can't stop. That's the thing. I thought that uh, after that steam, I would, you know, be detoxed to where me maybe my nicotine cravings would have died down. But my God, am I like? Ooh. Well, no. I think there was a moment of of pain pre pod where fucking hit that where you felt triggered and you were like, I need I need a mechanism. Oh yeah, right. you're right. It's funny. It only happens when you're around. <laughs> I've had moments where I piss Alex off and, and then I just hear him take a shot briefly after. And I'm like, uh, I triggered my boy. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't learn from it, but I get it. It's more of a me thing than a him thing. Uh, you know what? I think today it was just, you know, the universe. It wasn't my behavior specifically. It's just uh, what happened, you know? Right, sure. However you want to, whatever <laughs> helps you sleep at night, agree man. Agree with me for real, bro. Come on. Um, are, are we done with Griner? What do you think? Yeah, I can't really think of anything about uh, the, my, my boy Victor other than, you know, I, it could be worse. It what's, could be worse. What's the first, how long she was in, uh, how long was she in prison? I'm trying to, I forget. I think she missed a whole like season, so that's kind of a bummer for her. Bro, what would be the first fucking thing you would do after getting out of Russian prison? Come back to come back to the U.S. You're back going in going to Disneyland. I uh, know. Um, oh, fuck that. Uh, I would probably like do some sort of like beach trip, like spend a week on a beach resort or something. Like you would need something like that. Wind down. I'm on a tropical escape because I just escaped from a Russian prison. Hey, and you know me, it was pretty terrible there. They have no basic human rights to spare. Yo, me and my muchachos on a flight out to Cabo because I'm gonna say no to them Russian fucking egg rolls. I swear they treated me worse than dirt over there. Yeah, it's me, Brittany Griner, but now I'm home, I'm home. I'm home, I'm home, and I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going uh-huh. to the beach. Yeah, 
I'm smoking some cheech I'm not gonna take that shit overseas Yeah, I learned my lesson and now I'm over here Not stressing, I'm on the beach and it is a blessing hey. Yo, I'm Brittany and I'm back in Scottsdale mm. Look at me, yeah, my skin is not pale No uh, And my endurance is not frail I survived, I'm alive God bless Brittany Grind Yo, I want to uh, hit that line Cause you know that <laughs> chick is fine Brittany Grind, Brittany Grind I'd probably get fast food Huh? I'd probably get fast food Oh First thing hit the U.S. That is, like, uh, uh, <laughs> let's go to the car. We were on different mindsets there. I was like, thankful for freedom. You're like, all right, I'm hungry. <laughs> let's, let's go. That's, I mean, that's that says a lot about my life. <laughs> <laughs> what I've been, what I've been going through. Speaking of uh, eating food, um, there's this uh, uh, business insider thing that I found. Read the read the title. Fortnite. Oh, um, parents who say their kids won't eat or shower because they're addicted to Fortnite slam epic games with a lawsuit. Interesting. This has happened before. Listen, if Fortnite made me not eat, my mother would have bought me this in a gaming chair and three <laughs> monitors and fucking made, it my, made me drop out of school. Apparently, these kids won't shower or eat food because of Fortnite. What do you think? Like, I got a feeling that this not eating is also a symptom of, of while they're playing Fortnite, they're probably like eating Cheetos or something. And so when it comes time to actually eat, they've been grazing all day playing Fortnite on the cheats. And they are like, yo, I don't need no motherfucking spinach and rice. What are other things that you could sue, uh, that, this, that this, are addictive? This happened, uh, in like the Xbox live days. Um, Microsoft was sued because of all the like racism they were facilitating on. The, they weren't facilitating. It was just people were going on Xbox Live and using the N word and whatnot, <laughs> uh, and and just calling people racial slurs and F slur and and whatnot. Uh, and and so they got hit with a, a lawsuit, which th there was no like it didn't nothing happened of it. Obviously, yeah. that's a ridiculous lawsuit. It's like it's. It's like trying to sue the street corner that a, a fight broke out on. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a it's like all they had. They, I think they they started banning people if they if you got reported for, for so using language like that. This is just bad parenting. Right. It's all bad parenting. The fact that the law, the, the lawsuit is the person realizing that they're a bad parent and thinking that they need to do that. Like they, they need to justify not being a bad parent. It's not my fault. It's Fortnite's fault. So I'm going to sue Epic. But in reality, it is your fault. Like what the fuck is going on in this bitch's or man bitch's there's brain? Three, there's three parents. It's it's insane that they think that they don't have the authority to tell their kid to fucking turn the game off. That is pussy ass parenting, and they're fucking assholes for thinking that they could sue this company and get some money for it. I will say this though, like I've seen a child be lost in a video game, and trying to pull them out of that is very difficult especially if there's already been like once you've given Tough titties man i, I agree it's with there, you it's the parents fault for allowing it to get that bad in the first the place the problem is this, the what, lawsuit is insane the lawsuit is definitely insane because uh epic epic games said it uh, in here it says parents can receive playtime reports that track the amount of time their child plays each week and require parental permission before right. the purchases are made they like made yeah, yeah. So, all of the pre precautionary efforts so yeah, that this so doesn't like, happen you can, you can control the usage i don't know i think it's like carbs you know what i'm saying once you open the door it's hard to just eat you know a few of them you want to just keep keep ingesting or it's like you know you nobody 
it's hard to gamble moderately. It's hard to uh, you don't just get a nicotine pen. I don't understand. Like I was, I regularly like growing up a, a punishment. Once I once I was too old to be spanked, the punishment was losing the privilege to do a thing, and that was very effective. Yeah. What the fuck? Why can't these dumbass parents just be like, oh? Uh, you don't get to use, you don't get to play this game anymore, and that's that. Boom. Yeah, the the kid will fucking hate you for a while. Maybe they'll plot your murder. Maybe they will murder you. At that point, you deserve to die. If you're, if you're, if you've already <laughs> fucked up your kids so much, if you already fucked up your kids so much that taking away a video game results in them murdering you, you deserve to be murdered. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe that kid is just, uh, you know, uh, a psycho. And uh, there's nothing you could have done about it, anyways. Uh, I'm sure uh, introducing them to you know violent video games could, couldn't help. Not that I'm blaming the games, but this is a whole other thing. Where where were the parents at? My boy Eminem. <laughs> Let's get real here. And they blame it on Marilyn. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- also. Um, Yo, I just don't want to act like playing the game every day and every night is all right. For your mental health, it's unlikely that you will build wealth. I mean, what's up with these kids these days? Would you not think it was a uh-huh, big waste uh-huh. if they were like watching a movie or two every You're night? Right. You're right. Yeah, it's the same thing. I want to do it. Want to play video games because they got the hand-eye coordination. But yo, it's affecting the kids of the nation. Yeah, but it's really impressive how easy it is to get obsessed with doing the shit and failing and winning and the dopamine hits are really prevailing yeah but the thing is a game like fortnite it doesn't really have those things that is fun all right but i don't know if it has any educational factors there isn't really a story all you do is shoot and you score i agree with you i also think that there's an element of the online social aspect of the game that makes it hyper competitive and aggressive like these kids will play with each other oh the endorphins are flowing and then like it's like taking a cold shower we've heard we've heard our friends call their other our other friends absurd names via headsets while playing xbox and i think as an adult yeah you can do that but also i don't view it as um as like a replacement for movies the way that you're saying like i agree with you that there is an well, up- I, I was being hyperbolic it's 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 like the um you would you would be upset if your kid was just wasting his time doing a thing if, if you as long as you perceive that thing as a time waste sure which if i was just walking in if if, if my kid would even like two hours a day playing like minecraft or whatever i'm like that's fine that should be the max yeah you know what i mean but uh it usually ends up being more like four to six or and something. And that's here, when it's a problem. Here's the other issue that I have with the, uh, the thing that you brought up earlier, uh, which is removing a thing that they like in uh, when they're not behaving. I feel like that in itself is going to uh, create a, um, a bad relationship with the items that you're removing because it's going to create this cycle of like, all right, can't have this so now you're uh like being deprived and then when you're being good you're gonna then overuse or like uh abuse the, the privilege to to have the thing 
I don't think it actually incentivizes you to behave. I think it just makes you pissed when you don't get the thing. And then when you do get it, you overuse it because right, now you've finally been given back the privilege. Right. And that that's but that's also kind of a symptom of you've let it get too far at that point, because if you just from the get go. Like it, video games ha- haven't, they weren't just invented. You know what I mean? No, they've no, of been, course, an, they've yeah. been an addictive thing since the 80s, and, and they've been maligned uh, publicly as a time waster since then, since their inception. So it's common knowledge that there should be some sort of caution when you're approaching a, a child and his relationship with games. So if, if you're at a point where this kid is playing games for six hours a day, you fucked up. You should have never let that get to that point. And now it's like, look, I don't know. Maybe it is bad to just fucking take it away immediately. But something's got to fucking happen. Something's got to happen. Yeah, you got to like. But I think that it's also difficult in in the modern age to say, hey, like you and I, when we're on our phones and our and our our grandma or aunts like, oh, you're just looking at your phone all the time. was like, well, I'm actually like I'm using this. This is a tool. It's not always just. Like, I'm not just um, playing. I think it's the same thing on, like, I don't know, uh, on certain, there are certain aspects of video games where you're either using it uh, in, a, in a more creative way or you're playing with it in, like, a slot machine fashion. I feel like there's those two aspects of playing that um, that aren't the same and that shouldn't be equated. Um, fuck, I forgot. Oh, I think it's funny when I saw a video of, of this, like, uh, eSports team winning at 2k and they're all like fucking amped they're like yeah <laughs> fuck with us but they're all like fat and like just fucking look like losers and i just think that the concept of esports being like a competitive skill that you've developed and you're cool because of it is so dumb i'm like you're not actually dunking you're just you're you're controlling a man who is dunking and you winning at this esports thing is cool because you're getting paid but other than that I don't think it's cool. It's doesn't it's not impressive. Like you being skilled at playing this game doesn't make you not a loser in my eyes. Maybe I'm just uh, a, a douche, but that's how it feels. Well, once you get into the competitive arena, I almost feel like it's more justifiable to spend hours and hours playing it. Like and I think it- I think that's an excuse a lot of people use. They're like, well, look at these other dudes. I could be making thousands and buying food for my family by just getting views. Yeah, I mean, that's a thing. A child's brain is developing. Once you're an adult, you can do that shit, and it is not your fault if you are stupid. Uh. But it's like the same with playing sports or skating. Uh. You, you spend days debating on whether or not it's a good or lame thing, uh, but it takes practice and years of learning. Yes, practice makes perfect, sort of. There isn't that much risk in the sport of playing motherfucking games in your room because you're not gonna sprain your ankle soon. I ain't sprain my ankle unless I fucking speak uh, and take an angle that is real unique. I need to fucking sit and reach. I need to sit and reach uh, for the video games. Uh, I'm playing Halo Reach. That's a game. It's real. I didn't make that up. Ja feel. Yeah, I mean, like, what about the pandemic? Remember when we had to resort to video games? That was a good-ass time. I feel like kids now, uh, at this point, uh, a lot of them were pushed into virtual entertainment more. And, like, you, if you got forced into playing video games because you had no other choice during the pandemic, how do you now say, hey, now we need to cool it with the video games. You can go outside again. 
it's difficult to wean them off once they've been given that access point. It's so those parents who are suing Epic Games should be fucking embarrassed. <laughs> they, I, they, they pro- should be embarrassed. They're probably embarrassed because they're probably just trying to get paid. I don't think they necessarily believe you that might Epic be right. Games they're, is responsible. Yeah, like the effort of going through a lawsuit is so massive that it most of the time isn't conviction. It's simply like the the perception that you might financially win and that in itself like epic games could probably yeah, it's there is still something about that where like um you the initial like doing something embarrassing to get a bunch of money is yeah. so that it almost makes it worse to where like you like you have zero shame like that's there's something about that that I just rubs me the wrong way what about people doing things that are embarrassing for no money bro like what we're doing <laughs> like this shit right now bro that's too real man. <laughs> we're getting the patreon going soon guys so this is no longer embarrassing nah dude uh this is an investment let's hope our families never listen to it well no they, they would have to endure like so much content to find the parts where we don't want them to listen um, and you know, we've talked about this before. My mother couldn't get through 10 it's, minutes. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I just noticed that the humor is like almost generational. It's like technology. Unless you make an effort to learn new tech, you're just going to, it's going to pass you by and you're going to be technologically illiterate. And I think that humor is the same way. Uh, like oh, the yeah. people like I try and make some jokes to my uncle whenever I'm down at his place and it is like just crickets but i know that they're funny i know that if i made the same jokes in a group of younger dudes that would fucking kill yeah but it's just so absurd like there's some there's a level of absurdism that i guess isn't appreciated as much uh almost like when like maybe an autistic person hears a joke they don't really get it because they want to view everything super literally there's it's it's this spectrum of getting jokes that generation generationally yeah older folks saying boomers are autistic yeah, there's like an autism when it comes to joke getting in boomers. I I simply have gotten to a point where I realize that other people's brains are not going there. Like people are restricting their brains from going there in certain in certain things, especially like when it comes to what's funny. They're just like not thinking about that shit because they've decided that this is where kind of the barrier is. And so there are certain people that just don't. A lot. Like there's young people who can't handle, you know, like when you say something crazy to somebody who's around your age and they're like, man, you wild or some shit like that. I'm like, oh, this person obviously doesn't push the envelope when it comes to saying wild shit on a regular basis. Yeah, there it is. And it's a good way to like show your ass too. Yeah. <laughs> when it, like if, if, if when someone says that to me, he's like, man, you just said some crazy ass shit. I'm like, and it's something I just say in passing. I'll be like, oh, this guy's. This guy's an NPC. <laughs> yeah. Bro, man, I hate those. Um, well, that was some douchey shit I just pulled. That's all right. Uh, I, nobody... NPCs are people, too. Or, no, I thought that they were machines. Take a look machi- at your I life, they're, folks. I thought they were machines. Uh, take a look at your life and wonder. Um, look at your life. Look at your life through heaven's eyes and, and, and really make some judgment calls. Are you an NPC? Well, what are the symptoms? Uh, you 
pretty your music taste heavily relies on what is played on the radio you you just say sentences that you heard other people say a lot of your opinions are parroted and uh maybe maybe you have like a sense of humor but it's usually piggybacking off of like a joke you heard on facebook that was stolen from twitter yeah you hear uh, you laugh when others laugh uh-huh um you know generally basic taste yeah mm. basicness this is some wicked shit that i'm dropping on y'all i don't know if you're an npc or your ball are you the main character in the story of your life or are you just running around like some guy who is no intense motivations, you're just doing your thing and getting some bread, man. Uh, my old boss was the NPC. I hate it whenever she would speak to me because I couldn't believe every word that she would speak was something someone else had previously said. Yeah, oh, uh, I'm gonna go out on the boat this weekend, go fishing. That's pretty dope. Uh, I'm gonna get some blue beers and i'm gonna drink them over here and then i'm gonna go to church and then i'm gonna pray for uh i don't know it, it, it's a douchey thing to talk about because it makes because it implies that, that I'm, I'm some like yeah no but I'm I, I I am someone else's NPC for sure I yeah. get that I understand that it's like it's like people who use the term normie Ugh, that well, no, I'm using NPC as as, uh, as a substitute for normie because normie is so cringe, but NPC is going to be cringe very soon. I think, yeah. They, and we were just talking about video games, so I might as well keep keep with that theme. You know? Keep with the like digital abbreviation. Well, that's what the NPC comes. It's a non-playable character. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I I knew it was like an AI bot thing yeah. in my head. Um, oh, I have a different topic. Do you want to transition? Fucking fine, man. Okay, just I, do it. That's not a great. Go, I shouldn't have stuttered. Fucking and then, do it, you. Uh, just. What is it, well, what is it? Listen. What is it? Listen. I know you don't give a shit about soccer, but unfortunately, the World Cup I is care occurring. about soccer. Um, and Morocco beat Spain and uh, Portugal, which are both of the neighboring countries above them. And also the fact that Morocco is in a winning a World Cup in an Arab country is hilarious. So they have, they've won already or they haven't won. They're in a, they've beat two big teams like Cristiano Ronaldo's in Portugal. Like that's like the biggest fucking player. And, uh, they're in Qatar. So all the Qatarians are like, Oh my God, these dudes who look like us are winning. And it's probably because they're acclimated to the weather of the desert. But aside from that, um, they, they raised the Palestinian flag. Oh. At the end of their game, and I found this uh, this German uh, company or some like I don't know, but here's the translation: You just have to like World Cup outsiders, Morocco, don't you? Adding an anti-Semitic touch to the joy Damn, makes things so difficult. Being pro-Palestine is anti-Semitic. That's Isn't, that's interesting. Well, no, no, and here's the thing. Uh, it makes sense that a German newspaper or I don't know what this is, like maybe an online. My guy, please check that hidden reply. Oh, this is just a screenshot. This no, is a screenshot. The, the hidden reply go down. Oh, it's a. Oh, never mind. I didn't. OK. Yeah, yeah. this is a screenshot from Twitter. Shit. Never mind. Sorry. Go on. I didn't mean to interrupt you. It makes sense that a German newspaper would overcorrect in their support for an Israeli country. 
uh, like a Jewish country. You know what I'm saying? Because they're like trying to overcompensate for their right. association they, with the Holocaust. That they're is like, what they're doing. Palestine is bad. We're definitely not anti-Semitic. <laughs> we're extra anti that we're, we'll be we'll be anti-Palestinian to to prove how much we love the Jews. What was the name of that uh, newspaper? Uh, let me pull it up again. It's I want to um, find that hidden. I love looking at hidden replies. Tazgez Witzscher. Taz Gez. It's up here. Just look up here. Yep. Taz Gez. There well, it is. and it also goes to show that uh, the virtue signaling that occurs on the internet in the U.S. has has uh, uh, fucking infiltrated other Western countries. Like there are plenty of people virtue signaling in England, Germany, Finland. Like the whole like woke narrative is not only occurring in the U.S. Like these other Western countries are learning how to like be annoying douchebags on the internet and yeah. act like they're better well, no, than you via Twitter. It, it makes me think that they're trying to I think that other countries know how much how pussified America is in this regard that everyone is just being as like everyone wants to pretend like they are like the the can do no wrong type. Yeah. And so they like I could see this newspaper trying to appeal to that in order to do some numbers, like overseas, and and I, like not just specifically this newspaper, I see other They're countries fake virtue signaling, fake virtue signaling to latch on to the like uh, the woke types. Whoa, dude, that's insane. I I mean, where's the lie? Could you see that being being no, no, real? I, I I'm saying it's insane that that makes sense. Like it's, I feel like people make YouTube content based I, oh, on. It is. Sorry, I just fucking vomited in my mouth, so it's all good. Okay, the hidden reply is, after killing 6 million Jews in World War II, nowadays Germans define anti-Semitism as being pro-Palestine. Literally what we just <laughs> talked about We is in the hidden replies of this. What else we got? Um, you fucking losers. No one cares what you think. You fucking Germans get lost. That's hilarious. <laughs> Fuck you, Nazi Deutschland. Yo. I love the hidden replies, it's the greatest thing about Twitter, you guys, you gotta Whoa. get on Twitter and check the hidden stuff, that's just how it is, yo, I can't get enough, whoa. Das ist ein hidden replies on Twitter, Woo. yeah, I'm a motherfucking spitter, mm. uh, yeah, and I'm anti-Semitic, when it comes to a guten tag, yeah. Oh, I wish that Hitler had a Twitter, it would be lit, bruh, I would just follow Ooh. him every day and I'd see what he said, yeah, I wanna know what Hitler's got to say, bruh. Bombaclad from Frankfurt to Afghanistan, Bra. yeah, I'm a Palestinian man, um, and I love schnitzel and pilsner, yeah, you know me, I'm the illest, bruh. Bombaclad on the German tip, yeah, you know me, I got a Jamaican German Bra. bitch, yeah, half and half on this, I'ma laugh and get some jerk chick on the, the kebab. <laughs> the kebab. <laughs> Former Nazis accused Palestine supporters of anti-Semitism. That's rich. We got fuck off. Fuck off. A lot of fucks offs. <laughs> Grandkids of the Nazis must shut the fuck up. Uh, free Palestine, bitch. Uh, how you fucking soggy ass chicken McNuggets? Uh, I don't get that one. I think that's a reference to schnitzel. Uh, you're Oh. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I'm You're German. Please shut the fuck up about anti-Semitism for the next 3,000 years. <laughs> Since when is my flag a threat? This account is anti-Arab, anti-Islam, and anti-Palestinian. Right, there we go. That's a you woke You approve the, of the uh, killing of Palestinian kids and demolishing their houses? You're racist. 
The true Semitic in Israel are pretending to celebrate uh, Morocco win, attributing it to the Abraham Accord. Well, this one's getting conspiracy stuff. Let's start over. Here we go. The true Semitic in Israel are pretending to celebrate Morocco win, attributing it to the Abraham record. Oh, because one of Abraham's sons must have... Uh, Ishmael. It was the, uh, the Moroccan dude. Um, so which one is it? If raising the Palestinian flag makes us anti-Semitic, then we are proudly anti-Semitic. Go fuck yourself now. Whoa! <laughs> that one's big. Nazi scum. Your, brandpa- your grandparents said the genocide of six million Jews and six million others. Now you evil scumbags want to kill Arabs because of fake guilt. Jesus, man, they're going in. I think there's a lot of hidden replies. I think that there is no way in which you can use the term anti-Semitic correctly. Like anybody who says the term anti-Semitic is then like creating a controversial take, no matter what. Like no matter what you say, it's going to be like, like if you if I said Hitler was anti-Semitic. Everybody would be everybody would be like, yeah, but also Hitler also hated blacks yeah, and no, homosexuals. Right. So he's not just anti-Semitic. Exactly. So like there's no instance in which you will say someone is anti-Semitic or something is anti-Semitic without getting pushback. Like that term can never be used and not get pushback. So this newspaper should have realized that they couldn't say that in their tweet in their Twitter and not get massive pushback. But maybe they did this on purpose. Uh, it's it's funny is that they are they're actively moderating it still like there there's hidden replies from 27 minutes ago and this post is from a day ago so they're just so, hiding everything yeah they're just like and I had to scroll like there's there's more hidden replies than there are actual replies so are the are the repli- I swear to God are the replies that they allowed a bunch of people being like yeah fuck Palestine ask a German social democrat about their opinions on anti-Semitism and the same the same way I'd ask a toddler about their thoughts on turning off Paw Patrol and going for a bath. Wow, that's relevant. That's pretty relevant, folks. My girlfriend wishes she could take a bath, but there's no fo- no hot water at the apartment right now. Ah, uh, that is too bad. Fucking High Point Real Estate, get your shit together. Oh, man, we're shouting them out. Well, this is, uh, they're never going to hear this. No, nah, dude, maybe they'll sponsor the pod. That'd be sick. This, <laughs> we, we become shills for landlords. I would, I'd become a shill for yeah. literally anything. I will, I will sell weapons to child soldiers, <laughs> I swear to God. Gladly, dude. <laughs> I, man, I wish. It, it's coming, dude. No, We're, man, there's a great scene in Lord of War. Uh, Yuri Orloff, he, he, he's in, um, uh, I, I think it's like the Sudan, one of those African Civil War places. And he's super nervous about getting AIDS. That's like a that's like a plot point in the film where he's like, uh, as long as I'm not getting any AIDS or whatever. And there's a point where he sleeps with a whore and in a in a in a cocaine stupor. And he's like, wait, do you have AIDS? He's like scared about maybe he got AIDS. <laughs> and then um, he does more cocaine and plays like soccer with a bunch of little kids. And it's it's pretty funny. He has a whole like there's a whole drug bender sequence. Yeah, where he's nervous about AIDS. He plays soccer with a bunch of kids in Africa, and then he fucks some lady. And then after he fucks her, he's like, "Wait, do you have AIDS?" <laughs> I feel like there is no way of um, uh, shit. Uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh man. That's too bad. I, was, I, be, I bet it was going to be something offensive, and you quote unquote forgot what you were going to say. No, it wasn't. It, it definitely was offensive, but I don't. <laughs> it had to do with. It had to do with doing cocaine and playing soccer with kids. Oh, uh, that's an interesting caveat. 
Is it uh, about the World Cup somehow? <laughs> the <laughs> Colombian team in the World Cup? Uh, oh, no, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say there is no way of being involved in arms dealing and not also getting involved in cocaine. That was kind of the thing. There is a scene where Jared Leto's character who plays his brother, they be doing lines, sir. He does a whole line in the shape of Ukraine. In the shape of Ukraine, he puts that shit straight in his brain. There is no way that you are trafficking AKs and not a couple kilos of cocaine. Cause they go hand in hand. They're very valuable in this land and also Afghanistan. Yeah, I'm trafficking kilos. Yo, I'm trafficking the fucking kilos every day from here doing El Camino. El Camino, what you know about it? I be on it. Yeah, you know I gotta flown it. Get them guns and get them on it. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, got the kilos. Yeah, I'm out in this Mathino. Uh, yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, that was that was totally radical. No, I watched a another documentary on HBO about a dude in the U.S. trafficking pounds of cocaine and also weapons, and it was one of those situations where the people who are uh, successfully trafficking anything across borders are inevitably at some point going to traffic cocaine. So if they start with weapons, they're going to then traffic cocaine. If they traffic cocaine, they're going to then traffic weapons. Like, it, the and according to the movie, it was kind of the reverse for this guy. He only did cocaine once. Then he was like, I got to do weapons. Oh, so he, he was like, cocaine's too dangerous. That was according to the movie. I could be totally off base. I, I know they took some creative liberties. I mean, they changed his name. So yeah. that, that alone implies that they really... I don't even think I don't even know if he had a brother that worked with him in real life. It'd be, but it'd it was be, Jared Leto kind of killed it as his brother in the it'd movie. It'd be funny if at the beginning of movies that are like that they said extremely loosely based on a true story. They didn't even I don't even remember them putting up a thing. That's that how you that's is, how you know they fucked yeah, it up so much. I, I'm pretty like barely, sure that they they didn't claim it was a true story at all. It's just funny because as a kid I always thought, oh, if this is based on a true story, word for word, this happened. Yeah, I mean, it, I watched a few uh, mini documentaries about uh, Victor Boot before doing the pod, and you know, it seems like you could just watch that movie and just assume that that shit was going on because it is. He, I mean, other than like, there are some things in the movie, like in the movie, he marries a supermodel slash actress that he that is like also. And I tried to look up that. That's that's a totally fabricated thing. The fact that he was working with his brother, I'm pretty sure, wasn't a big deal in, in the actual Victor Bout's life. So there were these interesting creative choices that they probably could have just left out and it yeah. would have been fine. But it must have just been, you know, Hollywood stuff. You got to have the annoying bitch wife in these Hollywood productions. That's like a thing. They they do the, they do the like female character kind of dirty by like, you know, it's it's it. She she exists to remind him of his humanity by nagging him and and whatnot. And yeah, it's like Jordan Belfort's wife in The Wolf of Wall Street. She's like this crazy like drama element to the, yeah. to the whole thing. Yeah, I think that's actually or any any movie that's about a cop. The wife is always like, "You need you. It's too dangerous." Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, dude, this is unrealistic. What about, what about the wife in Breaking Bad, bro? That fucking yeah, that's a rough one. That's a rough one. Although, like, I don't know. After a second, after viewing, a second you viewing, said... you're like, man, I don't know. I kind of sympathize, but you know, it is it is still annoying. Uh, what about this? Look at this. Uh, Robert Hardister. Do you know who this is? 
No. Where's the? <laughs> hang on, I fucking closed the tab. Oh, uh, Rob Hard Hardister. Hard hardest. Oh, sir. he's got some face tattoos. Look at this face transformation. Basically, this dude was arrested uh, uh, like nine times between 2009 and 2017. If you guys just look up Robert Hardister's face transformation, you could see him from 20, 2009 to 2017, nine mugshots, and each one, his face is like slightly different. Definitely the last four are just like insane. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of uh, there's this there's this movie called like Ink or Inked or I think it's called Inked. I don't know. That might just be the show. There's a show called Inked. There's too a show something. called Inked. Yeah. I might be totally off base on what the what the movie is called, but it's about a neo Nazi who's like covered in um just head to, like face tattoos head to toe with Nazi uh, tattoos, and he eventually starts working with the government, if I believe, and he uh, decides to get all of his tattoos removed. And it's it's like the it's historically it's like the most tattoos ever removed on a human body Whoa. was this guy. And it had to he had to do full body surgery to get all of his Nazi tattoos removed. It's pretty interesting. Um, they might have some before or afters of that guy if I could figure out his fucking name. I, if I, I was just, if I was him, I would just like I'd rather get cover ups than than removal. Don't you think? I don't know. Uh, can you how how easy is it to cover up a Nazi tattoo? They just there's there's a lot of like blackouts that people do like blackout tattoos. You know what I'm saying? I just looked up Nazi tattoo removal guy. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, look, like this guy, like, this is all blacked out. Or, like, yeah, yeah, look at this arm. This arm's just, I mean, you guys listening, you probably know what I'm talking about. Like, people who just have black sleeves. Yo, I had a bunch of ink, and it was offensive, I think, to a couple peeps that I used to know. So I had to go into the studio and be like, black out my arm, bro. Yo, his name was Brian Widner. Okay. Yeah, he liked his skin white like winter, <laughs> except for when he put the ink on it. He was involved in the skinhead movement. Brian Winder in the winter i hope that i don't ever get a splinter uh yeah i'm a thin nerd when i'm talking and getting tattoos with chalks and yo his efforts to rejoin wider society were significantly hampered by his tats you see so he had to get them removed expeditiously that's just what i mean unfortunately i couldn't find brian i might have spelt it wrong yeah, I love this song. It's not this guy, because no. this guy is deceased. <laughs> that is a cop. R.I.P. Brian G. Um, okay, uh, his wife feared that Widner would take drastic action to remove the tattoos, such as immersing his face in acid. She eventually Whoa. contacted anti-racist activist Daryl Lamont Jenkins of One People's Project, who put him in contact with the Southern Poverty Law Center. After, weeks of, after several weeks of conversation... The SPLC representatives agreed to help Widner in his request in his quest to remove his facial tattoos. They found a plastic surgeon willing to perform the procedure, and an anonymous donor provided thirty five thousand dollars for it. So yeah, it's, that's crazy. It was a major procedure to remove a bunch of Nazi tattoos. Who which, had, hey, you know, if you're going to remove your tattoos, good thing that they're anti-Semitic. Right. It 
<laughs> I feel like who the fuck has thirty five grand to be like, eh, let's just help. This I guess guy. I'm racist. I don't have any, I don't have thirty five grand. I'm just gonna. <laughs> well, it's just I, it's funny to me that some anonymous donor was like, I'm willing to invest thirty five k to get this dude to not like does does Brian not know who donated or does just the public not know who donated? Know. That is kind of strange that like there would be that someone would really care that much. Right. It must An be anonymous some, donor. Thirty five. Well, it must be somebody donors. so wealthy that thirty five doesn't mean anything to them. They're like, yeah, right. Yeah. Let's help this. Let's help this ex Nazi get, get his life together. Um, what if he goes back to being a Nazi and then gets all the tattoos again? <laughs> that would funny. be wild. If he relapsed he transitions back, back to fascism. Now that would that would require uh, some pretty. It, it's it, that would be like me becoming a Christian again. You know, there would have to be some kind of insane no, thing. No, I that got happens it right now. I got life. it right now. Here's what would happen. Right? Prison. No. No, but that prison, is the answer. Prison, prison. Prison is the answer. Prison is one of the answers. Uh, you impregnate uh, a Christian woman that you used to know. You think that would make no? I would double down on it to, to you know to get her to leave me. That way, if, that way, you know. I don't, I don't know, bro. If you, if, you, <laughs> if you impregnate a Christian woman, and she's like, "No, we're keeping this baby," and then all of a sudden you were like, "I'm gonna be a father," and then you were just like, "All right, fuck it. I just, it's, I'm better off." Just believing this Christian stuff. I don't think, but it, there wouldn't be any belief. I might go to church, but it would just be to be like to support my wife. Right, but what is belief really, other than going through the motions until all of a sudden you believe it again? Uh, I don't know. Some people really believe that shit. Some people have been indoctrinated to believe that shit. Other people, I definitely really believed it when I believed it. I feel like I really believed small aspects. Like I really believed I was going to go to heaven because I had said, all right, Jesus is real. But a lot of the other shit, I, since a young age, I was like, I don't think God gives a shit if I'm jerking off or smoking or drinking. Like I never felt guilt about my behavior. That's because you were a bad Christian. I was, I also unfortunately saw behind the scenes too much. Like I would see my parents fucking speak. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was traumatizing. I would see my parents speak at the same sermon like four times and I'd be like, oh, this is scripted. Or I would go to like four Sunday schools back to back because my parents had to do the the service thing. And then I'd be like, oh, this bitch doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. She's just repeating the same thing to the four classes. I could run the class. And seeing the whole like behind the scenes destroyed the illusion for me at a young age. So then I realized, oh, this is all just like a show and we're all just trying to get paid and look good and feel good. And yeah, what's crazy is you stuck around with it for so much longer right but like how did i really stick around i was not like you you were you had an out and you were like nah i'm a i'm a chill in the christian there was sec- no, i had section. no i had no real out until until <laughs> mid post college because i had to go to boarding school and i know it's cool to go to school where your parents don't live uh yeah but it's horseshit i had a good time it was fine but the thing is i'm just recalling events specifically where i approached you and i was like i don't have faith see and you were like well i must stick around with my faith because if i did leave it that would be a disgrace yeah and i agree there was a paradigm shifting that hadn't occurred because i was afraid of the word Mm. that i would go to hell that they would cast a spell no no and that would propel me to a life of sin 
yo, but it was cool, right? You know, I'm over there like bearing my soul. And he was like, yo, man, I don't know. I'ma stay in control. Yeah, it wasn't the most encouraging thing, but I knew it. And plus, uh, I already had someone who was legit, not a Christian. Who had already been like, yo, yeah, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. Because it was weird because I, I kind of assumed that they weren't, but they, they also went to Cornerstone. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk to this guy. Closeted about, atheist. About like what, my doubts. And I, I opened up to him about my doubts. And he's like, yeah, I actually don't believe in any of it. I'm pretty sure it's all fake. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> Hell yeah, and dude. That was what I needed to hear. Well, I just remember thinking that most of it was horseshit. I remember like when I was 13, 14, 15 being like bullshit. No, no. Listen to me. <laughs> I remember thinking a bunch of this is horseshit, but the core stuff about being a sinner and like having to select Christ to go to, to go to heaven. I remember that's the important thing. That's what I believe. But then I remember all the other stuff of like, you know, drinking or smoking or like cursing or like watching porn, like all of that stuff. I was like, this is all whatever. I never felt guilty about that stuff. But yeah. when it came to like, Oh, I can't, I can't deny God because I need to go to heaven. But like, it, it was such a, it was such a hypocritical like paradigm I had built in my head where I was like, all right, all of this is fine. I just have to fall back on like the whole, like I said, yes, Therefore, I'm saved and that's it. But it was all bullshit. And I feel like when you approached me and were like, oh, I don't I don't think I believe in this. I was like, yeah, I'm going to stay over here. But at the end of the day, we were living the same, you know, like our lifestyle, like my my behavior was always the same. I just don't understand how in my head I thought I was good. That's so fucking stupid that I thought I was I was in the clear because I just had this small aspect of my mind that was like, oh, this is what I think. Yeah, I didn't mean to get this deep into it. Sorry, I fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about this? Um, oh, you know what? I'm out of topics. What about uh, our boy? Or Oh, yeah, R. Kelly. <laughs> our boy, R. Kelly. <laughs> I didn't mean our boy. I meant our, our boy. The our boy. Yeah, I got you. The Robert boy. Um, yeah, no, he dropped an album behind bars. Uh, but I'm, I listened to it. I'm pretty sure all those songs were recorded pre- pre-conviction oh so they're not like well this is what okay so a third of the songs were like about meeting a girl in the club and then another third were just like what's wrong with the world today what's wrong with the world today yeah and then the 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 last third was just one song because it's 19 minutes long and it's that i admit it one that he released like two years ago yeah so there wasn't I don't. I think the whole thing was just a uh, a compilation of stuff he had recorded in the last ten years that he decided to drop. So it and is kind of weird. Spotify was like, nah. Yeah, they took it. I mean, all of his music is off. It's not just no. That. It's not true. I literally listen to Ignition weekly. What? Like, there's a bunch of R. Kelly music currently on Spotify. That's insane. I thought I, they had taken it all off. Well, no, I think they're just like not allowing him to add new music. But like, so okay, so he's he can't add new music, but his old music is still available. They can't That's, take. I believe I can fly off, dude. That shit. That shit is insane, dude. Uh, well, they used to. There was a period of time where Spotify was removing sex offenders shit off of their pro platform, but I guess they have reneged on that. Um, yeah, no, they're all on here. You were right. Uh, he has 12 Nights of Christmas from 2016 on here. He's got a fucking recent Christmas album. Uh, I literally listened to 
Marching Band by R. Kelly featuring Juicy J. It's a good one. Last week. That shit bangs, dude. Yeah, I mean it's a it's an incredible uh it's an it's an incredible fucking discography here. I'm looking at him. Oh man, why did he have to be a horrible monster at the end of the day? Yo, R. Kelly, yo, that shit wasn't great, bro. You gotta fucking piss, piss, piss on her face, yo. I can't believe we knew that, and he still was making Muzak. He he fucking had more releases. We just let that shit go on. It's insane, man. What leaves me speechless about the releases is the things he speaks of where he's like, yo, talking about the shit that then he's going to prison for the shit. Mm. Literally, he is like describing specifics. And yeah, it doesn't uh, impede his uh, age is just a number. Yeah, that's how it is. I wonder <laughs> how after that fucking Dave Chappelle bit, this dude went on to release one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight albums. That's insane. Yo, it's insane how great they are, but not him. The R. <laughs> Kelly sends. Drip, drip, drip. Pee on you. I piss on you. That was so big. In my high school, the the Chappelle R. Kelly yeah, yeah, yeah. parody, and that was just we were just laughing at it. pedophilia. <laughs> oh yeah, and that, I guess that's a hebophilia. Well, and that yeah, the specifying <laughs> makes you sound like a pedophile. The um the specifics of um of like what he had done made the trauma. The specifics being blown up in the media made the trauma for that girl so much worse like getting peed on by an adult is definitely traumatizing having the world see the video of you getting peed on by an adult is a million times worse and i feel so bad for that girl specifically because you know like escalating the the trauma to being like on a global scale makes it so you have to grow the fuck up really quick I mean, getting pissed on makes you grow the fuck up. But at the end of the day, just having it be something that's in the media, that's being mocked by... How are people just, like, joking about it on late night? That's like, true. That was a... In that R. Kelly documentary, they were they were framing that Dave Chappelle bit as insensitive and cruel, which I guess... Technically, it is. Uh, you must. You got to have some thick skin to have your your sexual assault be brought up for humor's sake like that. Yeah, dude. Um, what am I hearing? Something's right? playing in the background. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry. What was that? I, I was watching uh, Bruce Lee, or the, <laughs> you're watching the piss tape. I no. I was, <laughs> that'd be crazy that you could just find that on YouTube. No, I'm pretty sure they have monetization on. Nah, I, I, it's funny that at the time, yes, it was going all over the place, and people weren't realizing that it was child pornography. Bro, that's it is illegal to watch the R. Kelly piss tape. You could go to prison. That is so brutal. I can't believe. I mean, it's also the, uh, the internet wasn't being monitored and and like censored as like as closely as I it like is didn't now. even know what child porn was until I was like 14. Someone told me about sex trafficking and whatnot. I was like, Oh Jesus, that's, that sounds pretty bad. I, I don't remember when I, when I started to perceive what that was specifically. Well, yeah, like I'd never even heard the phrase before child porn. Yeah. And, uh, and then I didn't even know like what pedophilia was until the Chris Hansen show, the Dateline to catch a predator. I didn't realize that was a thing. A lot of people were like that too. They didn't. They didn't know. 
Yeah, I mean, so. it's a it's probably a, a sign that you had a good childhood for the most part. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can I can pinpoint some interesting uh, interactions though. I remember you thought you were you might have. I, I I think there was one time I was preyed on, but I never actually got got touched. There was there was a guy who like claimed to know my dad or whatever that would approach me at the hot ponds and be like, "Hey, I knew your dad. You know, if you ever need anything, and like I'm alone, and he, when he would be, you know, be in the water or whatever, swimming he, like, around, put his hand on your he thigh. would like come up to me and talk to me. There was never any physical contact, but uh, maybe uh, he did know your dad. It would just it would it would be weird. Like say say like. I just wouldn't try and connect with some guy's kid who I'd never, I'd never met the kid. All of a sudden I feel like, Oh, maybe he was trying to get in with my mom. Right, right, maybe he wanted to meet my mom. What about and, this? Like, what if it was like, what if it was like my kid and I've, I've, I've moved on and, and, and you see my kid and you're like, Hey, I knew your dad. We had a podcast. That would, I feel like that would be a lot different. I got a feeling if you had a kid, I'd be in his life. In one way or another, we would meet like once or twice at least. You know what I mean? There wouldn't be some weird thing about me coming up to him. Yeah, but if you met him when he was five, and then all of a sudden I wasn't alive. Next time that you see him, that kid's ten. And he's there like having to pretend that he knows you. Yeah. I might just let him alone. I might be like, yo, bro, you look like your dad. We used to host Dome, but now we don't. But you're hosting a podcast of your own. You'd go up to him and be like, what's up, friend? Yeah, you know your dad was also a fat piece of shit. And then I'd tear his pants down and start (laughs) sucking his dick. And that's just how it is. All right, dude. (laughs) I guess... I guess we're not clipping that one. No. <laughs> let, let me <laughs> clip it for the Patreon. Uh, let me play the, let me read you the last, I don't know, it's been forever. Uh, Vapor by BBT Man, Jitters by Lethal Needle, Hypnotized by Cornell, Burn After Rolling by Lex Factor, Ooh. Mystery by Just Dan Beats, Slam by Edba, Comfort by Piper Beats, Wax by Harold Beats, Left Alone by Ty Beats, Rain 2 by Reese Beats. Amen by Louie. En La Sangre by Xavier X Beats. Reese Beats. Um, what do we have? How many do we have left? We got two left. Okay, and Arizona by 18. Oh, snap. 18. Back with the tracks. I thought it was funny. Fix your name, you dumb bitch. I thought it was funny when R. Kelly was like, What about the planet? He had that one He had a couple more He was like Where's the love in the world Where's the love in the-? He had another one That was like that I hate I hate realizing That it's just like A, a collection of songs That he had In the In the In the In the fucking burner um, And not that he had Like a musical renaissance In prison You know like I was hoping it would be like New music Discovering that it's not New music is sort of demoralizing. and I thought, Right. No, I was the same way because I was like, well, I kind of was suspicious while listening to it. I was like, this is way too happy. There's yeah. no way he's writing this music now. I, like, that that mind that mindset of being in prison for what he fucking did. Yeah. There's no way you can surpass that to write these songs right. and, with this energy. So I immediately was like, there's got to be something going on. I started Googling some of the lyrics. And yeah, like a lot of them were released as sing- singles as early as like 2010. Some of these songs came oh, out. So, this so there it. were some, it was like a compilation. You thing. think he's just trying to get money? 
I don't know if you can get money. Maybe he can. Maybe that was what it is. Maybe uh, that's why Spotify took him off. Because they don't want him to monetize. They don't want that sort of uh, streaming revenue in there, which I could see that being a thing. And it's not on any other platform. Like, it's not on Amazon Music or... No, they took it off of uh, all of them. Like, oh, you know what's funny is uh, Boozy Badass was like... um, he was so he he was listening to it on Spotify. And then he he liked it so much, but he was just pissed that they took it off of Spotify. And the the way he he talked about it, he was like, "Uh, you got you're gonna the man's can't drop an album just because of his troubles." Although he's just describing like having a pedophilic sex cult as as troubles. Yeah, is very funny to me. Man, I just remember watching. Uh, was it Wendy Williams? The Wendy Williams interview. Or is it is some other lady interviewing? Wendy him? Williams, I think, is the crazy one. I could. So, who interviewed R. Kelly? There was that. It, ah, hang on, let me pull it up. It, Gail. It King? wasn't Wendy. No. You're right. I'm Ga- fucking stupid. Gail something. I thought. Uh, uh, I, I can't remember. Gail King. Gail King. Yeah. Fuck it, dude. Let's watch this for a second. Yeah. Why not? This is the part where she stands up. Can we skip ahead to the to the. Uh, is it this one? I think it's the I'm fighting for my fucking life part. Go back. This one? Yes. So this one's 10 minutes. Yeah, well, let's Welcome skip, to let's fucking skip ahead a little bit. Sources tell us. Oh, jeez. I have a harem. Uh, what you call it? A harem? Okay. What you call it? I have. Everybody said something bad about me. Yo, fuck you, R. Kelly. You're getting what you deserve in the penitentiary. Yo, 35 years, that's not long enough. Yeah, I wish that you should go get your butt fucked. Yo, my boy Robert, uh, yeah, he's a fucking robber of the innocence. Yeah, he's not the best when it comes to being a nice friend to the women in his life. Yeah, he's not nice. Fucking R. Kelly, yeah, he's got a bad vice of taking advantage of less fortunate women in his life. Yeah, he fucking loves the kids. R. Kelly's ex-wife spills all. Yo, that would really suck, man. Don't you call. Don't call me up unless you're telling me nice stuff. Hey, I don't want to know. I'm fighting for my fucking life, bruh. I don't want to know. Please don't tell me, bro, of the shit that that dude Roberto did back in 2004. I don't want to know CBS morning, bro. Okay, here we go. They was describing Lucifer. <laughs> Not Lucifer. It's weird that he can just say this. No, this knowing is... that what he's he did, he's lying. You know what I mean? Like, but he, he's like. He, he, to to come off, it's like a tactic that liars use. Yeah, and narcissists. To be like, it would be crazy that you would believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, It's like gaslighting. Yeah, exactly. I'm a man. I'm I a make man. mistakes, but I'm not a devil. And by no means am I a monster. Let's give ahead a little more. He's going to break. He's going to break. in that documentary about Siv, that you tell about you. You can start a rumor. Our relationship in the social media. I feel media. like you should be using the bottom bar. People have maligned your character. I have been assassinated. Oh, is this the... Yeah, because that'll let that'll show you when he... There we go. We have a... There we go. There we go. Down the street from the uncle. Stop it. Y'all quit playing. Quit playing. <laughs> the blackness is coming out. this stuff. This is not me, y'all. I'm fighting for my life. Y'all killing me with this. Woo! I can't help 30 years Robert. He's up. I'm trying to kill me. 
points at the camera. I'm trying to have a relationship with my kids, and I can't do it. Y'all just don't want to believe the truth. You don't want to believe it. This is, this, he knows what he's doing right now, too. He's, he's standing up to, like, to, to make it seem like he has convictions. Yeah, yeah Like, yeah. He's, he's doing it because he's like, I'm convicted right now because I'm being yeah. maligned. I have to stand up to make sure that they know. They're going to use the wide shot. We're going to see the cameras in here yeah, and yeah. the lighting and whatnot because that's how real this moment is. Gail King is looking at his manager being like, don't, don't do nothing. Let him keep no, going. Gail King is, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. No, she, <laughs> she's loving it. She's like, keep it going. This is, gonna, this is a career-making interview did for we, her. Did we see the most of it? His publicist helped calm him oh, down. So Ladies fucking talking. Man, his publicist is a badass. Look at his publicist. His publicist looks like this is not doesn't even make sense. Doesn't even make sense. All these women. He's saying this while getting while getting powdered. His while getting his face powdered. Makeup is trying to fix him up. It's just funny. Like one of the arguments that he uses, and he's had other terrible interviews. You know, like this isn't his. His publicist kind of looked like one of the. Uh, this is his publicist. Oh right? yeah, he looks like one of the guys that um Jesse Smollett hired to hate crime. Of. It says on here, R. Kelly's publicist, the Gail King interview helped. Uh well, I mean, how? In theory, if you were riding with with R. Kelly and you saw that and interview, you saw that interview, you'd probably be like, "Yeah, it makes sense." He's but you so were already emotional. riding with him. Yeah, if you're it, riding he, with R. Kelly, it was, you're it was good with for R. retention. He kept some people because like side. it's the same way if there's still people riding with Kanye. You know what I mean? He's already done the worst thing that he could possibly yeah, do, which yeah. is say that he likes Hitler and that not six million people died in the in the Holocaust. So it's like if you're still riding with Kanye after that. He can do anything, and you're gonna be riding with him. I'm riding with him. I'm dying with him. I love Kanye. I'm I'm out fish frying with him. I'm a gay fish, and I'm Kanye West, and that's it. Yo, shout out South Park. That bit is still relevant all these years. Yeah. Oh shit. Uh. Yeah, that album graduation. That was a sensation for me when I was on a young kick. Yup, that shit was so sick. And I love it when he was like, I'ma touch the sky, I'ma touch the sky. Yeah, dude, I can't believe that shit was in Space Jam. Oh my goddamn, that's just how it is, man. The motherfucking R. Kelly, yo, I bet that piss was smelly, bro. He probably was dehydrated when he did that. Yeah, he raped it. Yo, I bet that piss fucking smelled, cause for lunch he had asparagus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mm-hmm. boy Robert, mm-hmm. yeah, yo, he never missed mm-hmm. when he mm-hmm. tried to piss mm-hmm. on the youngest kids. Ooh. Well, Ooh. it would be funny if in prison he's like getting pissed on all the time as just like uh-huh. a joke. Yeah, like, what oh, now, motherfucker? What now, uh, Mr. Robert Kelly? <laughs> I believe I could piss in your eye, bitch. <laughs> uh, the last two beats were Rebel by Chisham, and that was Glitter by Kyoto. Maybe we shouldn't find prison rape funny. But when it's being done to some guy who's like a monster, you know, maybe that's okay to laugh at. No, I remember I had a friend who... Am I too, um, too concerned? I had a friend who was terribly afraid that he would like fall through the judicial system and accidentally like, you know, end up in prison and have to like, you know, overcome being just abused. Is your regularly. friend the, 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 the neighbor from Boondocks? <laughs> no, is that a, is that an issue in Boondocks? No, that yeah, there's a there's a character in Boondocks who's deathly afraid of going to prison and being raped. He's like supposed to be like the Uncle Tom archetype that they have. He's like a no, I'm sorry, scratch that. There was a literal Uncle Ruckus character, but there was like a yeah. more wealthy, yeah, light skinned yeah, yeah. character that was also kind of uh, 
you know, he married a white woman and that was like the, yeah. the, the character he played, but he was deathly afraid of being raped in prison. Ironically, he also, his wife goes on a date with R. Kelly at one point or something. There's a scene, there's an episode where R. Kelly is on boondocks and the guy's wife, uh, or the daughter like gets a chance to meet R. Kelly or something. And the wife is tied. Like he's over there like, fuck R. Kelly's going to fuck my wife. And he ends up getting his ass kicked by R. Kelly's uh, entourage. Okay. If I was... And they sing Let It Burn. Have you seen... Um, there's that... I think this movie that we saw together about a... It's like a lawyer. He's out to dinner with his like wife and then another couple. They have a couple, you know, glasses of wine. And then they crash on the way home. And the person in the other car dies. So the, the this guy ends up going to prison for manslaughter because he was slightly over the limit. It's one of those situations where you're like, oh, this successful. I remember what movie. That is. is that the one uh, shot caller where the guy becomes like the head, the of, head the, of the. Yeah, that's, okay, yeah, that's the that's one. That's badass. Well, so <laughs> I remember that being one of the things that I uh, like retained and thought, oh, the, the system is in place in a way that like a small accident that a, a normal civilian goes through can lead to like a very long term prison sentence that then turns you into a convict basically and makes you just like behave in the way that a felon behaves to survive in the system. Yes. I'm sure that that happens. I don't think that um, it's necessarily a trope, but yeah. I don't think it's common enough to be a trope where like people who come into prison all like, no matter what they're going to, they, they're going to become a gang member and, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that you know what's funny about that movie. I say you know you know what's funny about that a lot. I just realized that's like kind of ah, my literally. It's all right. Uh, that that movie Shot Caller is written and directed. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he has another film. His first feature length film that he wrote and directed was about the exact same thing that Shot Caller is. Shot Caller was basically an opportunity for him to remake his first flagship movie, but it wasn't as big as Shot Caller. Both movies are, they have their own thing, yeah. you know, going for them, but both movies follow the premise of guy gets arrested and sent to prison for something that shouldn't have been that big of a deal. Uh, like in the, in the first movie he made, the guy was, uh, the guy shot a thief that was breaking into his house. Oh. And he goes to prison for that because I guess the thief was uh, running away and he shot him in the back. There was oh. some kind of thing like that. And he was outside, like he was running away in the lawn. Should have just and, let him go. Yeah, something like that. And he shot him. And so he goes to prison for that, and and Val Kilmer's like a high-ranking Nazi dude. It, it had like production value and shit. Like he could have just left it at that movie, but then he was like, "All right, I'm gonna make that movie again, but it's gonna be even more badass, and it's gonna be Shot Collar." So Shot Collar's better. They're both pretty good, honestly. As what's far the as prison what's the movies, the first one, Felon. It's called Felon with Steven Dorff and uh, and. Uh, uh, Val Kilmer. I want That's to rewatch Shot Collar so bad that I would be willing to watch Felon just to like not rewatch Shot Collar. Okay, well, I'd, I'd be down to watch Felon just because I'm like, for me personally, uh, coming into prison immediately, I would try to, uh, like, I would shave my head immediately, start never shaving the beard, um, and or like keep it at a at a significant length. And then I would put on another fucking 20 pounds. I know we, we hate on Spike Lee, but he did uh, direct that movie 25th Hour. That's about, you know, Ed Norton. He's going to go to prison and 
the next day. And so this is about his last day before going to prison. And he, he gets one of his best friends to like fuck his shit up, like beat the fuck out of his face and whatnot. So that when he goes into prison, he's an undesirable asset. He looks so like no one's going to try and rape him or anything. He gets completely just the shit kicked out of him or whatever. It's kind of describing what you're saying, but you, you wouldn't want someone to actually harm you. You would just do it like a, you would just make yourself look ugly using what you have already going. Yeah, I would, I would just like, I would make myself uh, maybe less appealing or like try to look as intimidating as possible. And then I would also try to become, I would, you don't want to do the intimidating. You want to go with like non, non you, yes. approachable. Yeah. You want to look like Cause intimidating triggers some, there's some dudes that like they see an intimidating guy and they're like, I now have to approve that I'm the alpha male in this. So scenario. you you would want. OK, OK. So I would just have a normal haircut, yeah. normal beard. And then as soon as I get in there, I um I join the Muslims. They're, yeah, probably got to join the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, which, you know, the I feel like the Arab Muslims in prison are, are you know, that's that's where you want to be. Yeah, that's probably yeah. the best the best uh, quote unquote gang. That you would be in. I'm pretty sure even the religious groups in prisons are gangs. No, and then I would just be like, I would I would be in the library all the time. It'd be like, oh, no, we're not going to bother him. He's one of these good, you know, educational, re- rehabilitated types. Yes, that would be, yeah, this goes back to the conversation we were having about what would, you know, make you religious. And you were, you just you solved it prison. yourself. Yeah, I said I prison, and that's exactly what it would be. Uh, that or, you know, a, a gang. <laughs> you it would have survival. It's hilarious that there aren't any white gangs that aren't racist. <laughs> Why isn't there like a a white gang that is like cool like that? Yeah, that's inclusive. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that just by by the definition. I guess okay. In prison though, could you be a white guy and be like rolling with the the Crips or the Bloods? Because I've heard of white Crips and white Bloods. They exist. Um, yeah. there's even some, there's some famous ones, but like, there's uh, some crazy shit, but there's no white gangs <laughs> that, that, aren't, yeah. that aren't like hate, hate, right. focused. or I guess I should say predominantly white, uh, you know, well, no, I think it's because, uh, the other gangs that we think of like, you know, uh, bloods, cribs, Mara Sarvatruca or like the other Latin ones, those are all like as a symptom of poverty yeah. and they, they like build their own infrastructure to like defend the hood type well, there's, shit there's a good amount of like uh cops who are minorities too and i would classify them as a gang no i'm not even trying to be edgy like whoa the cops are a gang no, no, like, but what i'm literally, saying literally that's what, what it is what i'm saying is the definition what i'm saying is the white gangs are not coming from a place of like defending the neighborhood that is impoverished it's like hateful like the the Ku Klux yes. Klan and shit like that that is literally like well they think they're defending the nation from from minorities and Irish people and it's Jews. Just, it's just so funny that like the gangs uh, of minorities are a defense mechanism, whereas the gangs of um, uh, of the of, of whites are like a or an offensive method. Like they're it's it's on the attack. It's not to defend themselves. It's to like. Right. Go after others. I imagine that there are some like militias that are predominantly white that don't prescribe to any racial uh, discrimination. But I, I'm sure, I assume most of them do. I, like the idea of a militia to me, I just think, oh, there's probably a bunch of racists. Well, in anything there. that is segregated is inevitably going to like result in some type of like racial bias. Like in the same way, like Bloods and Crips or whatever are going to be 
or like the nation of Islam at, at one point was very like the white man is putting us down. The white man. It's it's all like there wasn't white people in the nation of Islam. That was like intrinsically racial. Whereas um, I just don't feel like there are gangs where they're diverse. Like the open mindedness to have diversity in your gang makes it to where you yeah. might not have a gang. What is the most diverse gang? <laughs> that's, that's an interesting thing. To think. It's, I mean, it's probably the police. You can have women in that gang. <laughs> right, but that's government funded. I just feel like I feel like you the only reason you can't call oh, the police the a juggalos gang, are technically classified as, as a gang. Are they? They are very diverse. They but they're all, mi- they're misclassified. Uh yeah, yeah, I would say yes. <laughs> they're they're not like they're not like an uh you're organized right. crime. No, you're right. Uh-huh. Which is weird. Um but Technically, they're a gang. So let's just say the Juggalos. If you're a Juggalo, you win. All right. Well, join join the Dome Gang by by sharing, and uh, that's not a good name for our for our subgroup. No, we already came. You had one last week that was pretty good. I had Domo Sapiens. Yeah, Domosexuals. That's pretty good. <laughs> Obviously, better than Domo Sapiens. Domo Sapiens, I like because it's it doesn't like it does it doesn't sound like we're you know ostracizing the the gays. Well, you think calling our family members domosexuals has anything to do with being gay or ostracizing gay? It sounds like homosexual, so it it, it, it seems to imply like, you know, a, I'm cool with it. It's funny. I think that you just, I think you have, you're projecting right now. I'm not projecting. I think just, you're projecting. For marketing purposes, I feel like domosexuals is le- it's less good for branding. Well, how about this? You call them Domo Sapiens. I'll call them Domosexuals. And then you have that little uh, virtuous buffer between the two of us. <laughs> Become a citizen of the Dominican Republic yes. by liking and subscribing. Uh, the Patreon will happen soon. As soon as I can get some some ducks in a row. By ducks, I mean content or videos or something. But in itself, right now, just like and subscribe. Leave a comment. Uh, I'm pretty sure you could review this podcast on whatever you're listening to to it on and you know communicate with us on instagram or on tiktok at banfomania you can follow me at salt and satire or follow the man bubble y uh, three b's and two y's and hit me up for the music videos uh you know the the schedule for 2023 is filling up fast folks so you know you're gonna want to get your name in there price is going up yeah price um, is going up is that a r kelly song no that's from uh that's uh price is going up Price is going up. Price is going up. Man, what is that from? Yeah, there's an arc, There's one of his new songs on on the album. He's just like he says, "I got it a lot." He's like, "I got it. I got it. I got it." And I was like, "That is a slapper, all right." Yeah, this the, n- none of these. It's not Mayday. Fuck that. Oh, dude, <laughs> Mayday of strange music. Strange. Well, whatever. Let's just end this uh, podcast. Um, okay. Fucking end it. Uh, I hope it's not these guys. Fucking. Uh, Is it me? This, this got me thinking of. This got me me thinking of uh, one of the greatest hip hop verses of 2021. Um, um, how does it start? How does The Rock's verse start? Oh, it's about pride. It's about power. We, we, something that oh. we devour. Put in the work. Put in the hours. And take, and take what's ours. It's um, it's by Key. 
Price is Going Up is by Key. Oh, yeah, but yeah. But the song is called... Batman Key. It's not... The song isn't called Price is Going Up, but it's on, like... It's on one of the last two albums. Put in the work, put in the hours, and take what's ours. Man, what a fucking... What a line. Verse. What a line. Right, we'll leave you with that. Uh... Black and Simone in my veins, my <laughs> culture banging with strange. I did the work, now what's my motherfucking name? Run.